0: I'm Adam Pendlebury. I'm Charlie Keegan. I'm Pete Race. I'm Paul
1: Thorpe. I'm Barry Worthington. This is the Progress with Unity podcast. Good evening, everyone. I've got written down here on the podcast agenda, FA Cup Reaction... Horror show. The stats from the game we lost 2 1. Possession 43%, 57 to Luton. Attempts we had 3. Luton had 13. We hit the target twice. Luton 6. Corners 1. Luton 5. foals committed 14. Luton 10. Cards, we picked up four yellows. Use power, what more tilt? Luton picked up two, and the attendance was 5,668. And a massive opportunity to progress through to the fifth round has been thrown out the window. Disappointing, frustrating evening. The last goal that we conceded summed everything up
2: conceding that goal my daughter said it on the way home it's like a pet it's suffering you want it put out of its misery it gave us the opportunity to get home and get warm
1: can't remember a clear cut chance
0: Asgard had another shot didn't he keeper. saved
1: yeah Yeah, there's two shots there from Asgard apart from the goal Mm. we'll talk about the goal now Wow. When Max Poe's second is on throws, I'm always saying, why are we doing this? Because we never, ever, ever create anything from him. We never score a goal from one. And there you go. This one paid dividends for once. Mm. But, Oe adjusted his feet so quickly and just thumped it into the back of the net from, from the edge of the box? Superb mm. goal from Tello Asgard.
0: Technically quite difficult, that. If you look at it on, on the highlights and see the angle of his, his shin to keep the ball down, very impressive.
1: First half, both teams extremely... If you said to me before the game, I'll say it now, lose Tuesday, win Saturday. Yes, 100% every time. But when you set the lead at 1-0, you, and you've not played well up until that point, and you've got a, you know the foothold in the game, and then two absolutely crazy goals to, to concede. I mean, the first one was just slack-marking in the box, and the second one we'll talk about in a minute. But oh. to, to concede that and, and throw it away, I mean, there's an opportunity there for us to pick a win up, His first win, since he came in, an opportunity to progress through to the next round and get a bumper crow, because Grimsby Tone would have filled away end without any question with two divisions higher you'd expect us to beat them and then we're in the fifth round you don't know who we're going to face money spinner plus building confidence as well I just thought opportunity thrown through the window
0: Yeah, I I, I agree and I think it, on this particular occasion I think I said the last time I was on after the the first match against Luton it, we're not in the position where we don't want to play more matches we're in the position where we do want to play more matches to get, so that if there is some kind of attacking high pressing possession-based philosophy coming in that he's got time to develop it, but didn't seem to be much of that on display again.
1: So definitely not. Can I just jump to that last goal then? So 97th minute, one apiece, FA Cup, third round replay. We give a free kick away. It's taken shots, It swung into the box, and they put the ball in the back of the net. You have a closer look at it. We've got four players defending our box. Luton have got five attackers in there. It just doesn't add up. Good outside the box... With five players, marking nothing. Is it schoolboy stuff, this? There's a a graphic what I've put out. It's on Twitter. It's on our Facebook page. If you have a look at it, please somebody come in and explain to me what we're trying to do there.
0: Concentration gone. But even on the highlights, you could see that the defence was all at sea last night. And let's face it, not the first time in the last few games. Makes you wonder what it is they're actually doing in training at the moment. I'm not suggesting they're not doing anything. But you've got a guy in charge who is one of the best defenders the Premier League has ever seen, and he's not able to get over to them how they should be playing as a defence, the kind of positions that they should be taking up, the the, the 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 simple steps that they should be taking as defenders to close players down, not to get caught on the on the back foot, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like you say, Barry, it does seem to be schoolboy stuff. And what is perhaps more concerning is at the beginning of the season, more or less, those same players were able to do those things and not able to do them now. So what is going on?
3: I think that Paul's covered this in a couple of previous episodes that it's in the heads. And when you go on such a bad run that we, we have done, these results are completely in the head now. And we look terrified. We look terrified to make another mistake. But in in trying to not make another mistake, we just seem to be making more. I've, I've thought this for a long time in the championship this season that we're too nice of a side sometimes. We allow other teams to play. And if we've seen, you know, Top championship teams in the past. One memory that sticks out to me, and it's a long, t- long, long time ago, was a Leeds United game at the DW. And it's when we had Josh Windass playing for us. We were on the counter attack, and I think Windass was running. There was only two defenders back for Leeds at the time, and Windass is booking it to try and get down towards their goal. And by the time he got to the edge of their box, there was eight Leeds players back. They attacking a unit, they defending a unit. We just seem to turn around and watch our defence and just go, All right. when you're done with the defending, give us the ball up, up here. Then you can't do that. And then we saw it against Cardiff. Will Keenan was trying to get back and defend. James McLean was also trying to defend the cross coming in, and they're both they're not they're not there, they're not closing him down. And then we allow the the ball to come in, and then it results in a goal. But then Miguel Aziz came on, and it was out on out on the far right, and Aziz got straight there, closed him down. They won the ball back, and then we were on the counter attack again. So I think we're going to start finding that when Corker and Aziz and you know uh, tie high, when they start coming in and playing more more fixtures they're not going to have this burden of such a poor run of results they can come in give a bit more freshness but now that, that back four last night they, they look terrified to try and not make a mistake and in that they're just making so many more mistakes so we need a bit of fresh ideas or just boot the ball away. If you feel like you can't defend it well enough, just get it in the stands.
1: One thing different last night from the previous two games were, if I'm being honest, we did look a little bit better. The thing different was the midfield. With three midfielders away at Luton, three midfielders against Coventry City last night, we were back to the two again. We had Adiko on the bench. Perhaps we could could have thrown him in.
3: A bit of freshness just to get Adiko in, like... If I'm gonna look at the under-21s, and I think we might talk about this in a little bit as well. The under 21s are doing really well this season. They just beat Birmingham City 5-0. Adico's been a really, you know, strong central figure in that, along with Kieran Lloyd, who's been playing right back. I think that if you can just give them a bit of time, like I've been calling for Josh Stones and Luke Brennan to get more game time, just like Charlie Hughes has come in and he's he's been a good difference maker. I don't understand why we're not thinking, you know, okay, we're struggling in midfield, let's just see who we've got. Adiko's there give him a little bit of a game he's played for Wigan before and I thought he looked brilliant so he's not ready for a full season but I think just to come in and try and get you know these losses into draws and try and maybe help okay. us kick on a little bit that could change the whole confidence yeah. I think when when you look at Rotherham they've just beaten Blackburn 4-0 and I think that's going to be their turning point of the season where they can drive on and, and keep safe we need, we just need that game now to just flick our season round, and I think that it might come from these, you know, the youth players. That game last night, I
1: think the best thing to do is just put put it out the window. If we can pick three points up on, on Saturday, everything's forgotten. Yeah, exactly. Won. The man of the match, very close between three players, Thelo, Charlie Hughes, but the man who was chosen by our listeners on both Facebook and Twitter was Tom Nailoff. <laughs> As Charlie mentioned just a moment or two ago, a really good win for the under-23s, 5-0. That's trick from Chris sees with Mitchell and Brennan getting the other two. Good to see that academy is still going so strong.
0: One thing that I think that's flown under the radar is the huge setback that took place with the academy when we went into administration. And I think... The, the older age groups, the development squad, or it seems to have changed its name now. It was under-23s, it's gone back to under-21s now, I don't know why. They're obviously beginning to, to thrive again, which is fantastic. But I think it's taken them this long to be able to put the, the infrastructure back. In place at the academy to get to these and I think you've got to take your hats off to to, to everybody there who must be doing an absolutely fantastic job to 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 resurrect uh, the academy and get get them playing something like they were before because it was it wasn't just players we lost, we lost an awful lot of staff as well and probably equipment and goodness knows what. Hats off to everybody, well done.
4: Yeah, I just wanted to come in on that as well. I concur that there will there may be with that little bit of a lag, uh, which you always get. Producing young players, and it wasn't a standing start. Like when I think Martinez was the first person to sort of suggest having an academy, a good quality academy. Obviously, Martinez left. It, it takes a while because it's about recruitment as well and scouting. You know, we're picking up a lot of young players from some of the um, the, the bigger teams in our region, and we had one of those on the bench last night who'd come through at uh, Liverpool. So I think our model's good. Uh, A lot of the players... at least playing some form of uh, league football, and obviously we've got those duels in the crown, the likes of Joe Galhart who is making regular appearances for for Leeds. So long may it continue, and we're invested in that because obviously we brought Crane in, didn't we earlier earlier in the season? So uh, we are continuing to invest invest in the youth setup.
1: A bit of Championship news breaking today: Blackpool have sacked Michael Appleton. Unsurprising, really. I don't think the supporters were too enamoured with him, and other managing Getting sacked?
0: Yeah, talking of managers and sackings and so on, I was sent links to a couple of interesting bits of information today. Many of you will know the name Dr. Tom Markham, who's on the at Wigan Athletic. He was brought in originally as an expert in football finance. We know he's got a background in data as well. He's a major shareholder with the, the company that owns Football Manager, et cetera, et cetera. But he's also done quite a lot of other research in terms of uh, football club management, you know, going beyond the team level and so on. It was pointed out to me today that that he, with two colleagues, wrote an academic article which was called the Performance of Football Club Managers Skills or luck. Now I'm just going to quote you from a a, a summary article uh, based on that piece of research and just to see what you think about this. First quote is, the result it, that's the academic research, the results it generated gave us the confidence to predict within the first nine games whether a manager was working out. And the second one was, When a club's facing relegation, it pays to sack and sack multiple times. Now, the question is, I think, how much... Is it, is, this, is it something that Tom Markham still stands by? Is it something that the club believes in? How much influence does Tom Markham have at board level when it comes to things like this? Because I think the crucial three words in those two quotations are probably first nine games. Paulo Toure is now, including the two cup games, he's now eight games into his tenure. Now, the ninth game would be obviously be on Saturday. Personally, I think that would be... A bit harsh even considering what we're we're looking at because he's he's actually trying to ring in players at the minute. it would be a strange time to sack somebody, in my opinion, but I just thought it was of interest, and I thought it'd be interesting if it were put out there, people to dwell on and possibly comment on. what do you think?
4: you think of examples, don't you, from a Watford you know they continue to sack uh, sack managers and on that model, for a long period of time, did really well, so they did sink towards the bottom, and they weren't they, they 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 were they weren't afraid of sacking two or three managers to to get them to get them to safety. Now, eventually, of course, they they ran out of luck with that and that approach, and uh, eventually got relegated from the Premier League. A couple of sides this season in in the Championship, which are clearly examples of changing your manager. Middlesbrough and West Brom are the most obvious ones, but Watford themselves, uh, again, have improved significantly. And you might end up with a situation uh, with the Norwich change as well. Maybe three of the four sides in the playoffs are those that that changed the managers relatively early in the season. Ours clearly hasn't led to that, has it? We, we, we didn't get the bounce. The research might indicate that, but as Pete says, after the ninth game wouldn't really be the timing. in... For us, But maybe after 13, 14 games, when the new players have had a chance to uh, to show what they're made of and they're not doing it, then I think a change at that point might be better than leaving it till sort of April when it's too late.
1: Right, we've got a chance to stop the rot, that ninth game. let uh, see if we can pick a win up on Saturday with Luton in town. Now, in the build-up to the game, I've spoken with Dave, who is from the Hall Wendertown. Podcast down there in Luton, and we had a, a good chat trying to put a little bit of freshness into this tie. So let's have a listen to uh, me and Dave having a, a chin wag. Well, it's Luton Town again this weekend, and I'm pleased to welcome to the podcast Dave from Or when the Town Podcast. How are we doing? Uh,
5: we're doing great, thank you very much. Especially after the FA Cup result, thanks.
1: Burdened you with uh, a fourth round tie against Grimsby, which probably means you're going to get a fifth round tie as well. I think you deserve the win.
5: Thank you. I mean, on the plus side, it's a home tie. So we haven't got to go up to Grimsby. So that's, that's a bonus. Well, I say we haven't got to go there yet. Who knows what might happen? I think overall, I think it's fair to say over the, the second game, Luton were definitely the better team on the night, I think, and uh, deserved the win. But, you know, the first game was a bit... Up in the air, wouldn't it, for us? So, you know, we were lucky to get get to a second game, I think. But uh, I think last night, stronger team, you know, possession-wise and shots wise I think we was on top. So I'm delighted it went in and delighted we didn't have to play another 30 minutes and go to penalties because anything can happen there.
1: One player I wanted to talk about from the game is Jordan Clark. I thought he was excellent last night, excellent on the ball. What sort of season has it been having?
5: Jordan Clark is an unbelievable purchase for us. When we got him, he's been consistent all of the time. And when he's hit his form, he's on it all of the time. I can't think of a bad game that he's had. He's a good distributor. He's good in attack. He he holds the, the midfield together as well. Last night, he was the first time as captain as well. Yeah, he's been tremendous all season. And I can't think of one Luton Town fan that doesn't think he's a class player. And he's the first name on the team sheet. He's a very, very good player, and to be fair, you know he plays alongside Alan Campbell, and them two together are brilliant. But I, I can't describe how important he is for the team because I think when he's on the team and he's he's on form like he was last night, you're on the front foot, hopefully, and and he's just he just gets the team but He's a brilliant player, and he came from Acklington. And, you know, you think, is he going to perform for us? And and, and, and from day one, he has. And you're disappointed if he's not playing. You're disappointed if he's not playing. He's a brilliant player.
1: He's certainly a major in the cup tie. So he's going to be a starter on Saturday, is he?
5: I, I would be very surprised if he doesn't start. I think the team on Saturday will be a bit different. I think you'll see a couple of different players in. Um, we rested a couple last night, I believe. And there's a couple on the bench that I don't think came on the pitch. Yeah, I think the team will be slightly tweaked, get a solid back three because that's been our issue. Um, most of our defenders have been crock for a lot of the season so our regular defenders are not there it was nice to see the, the change in our team last night at the back because it was better balance I think when um, we had uh, Rhys Burke back in the team because I like him as a as a player. Amari Bell's plaque. So, you know, we've got we've got a stronger team that we could play, but not the strongest, because I don't I still think we need people at the back, some new people at the back to come in. You want that big centre half there. And I think at the moment Reese Burke could feel that that thing and, and Tom Lock here as well, maybe back in the team. So it's gonna be a slightly different picture, but I don't think we'll play any different. I think we'll play the same rate. We'll play the high press if they're if we're available to do it. And uh, I think we'll just go for the game. I don't think we're gonna sit back and wait.
1: Morris, should be back as well, he? Yeah. he? scored a great goal against West Brom last weekend. Well,
5: Carlton Morris has been a joy to watch. Now he's got his form and the goals that he's scoring. You're right, the West Brom goal, we were debating that on our podcast uh, this week. One of our guys said the keeper should have saved it, but I said, you know, he was like 30-odd yards out. He's running across the goal. He looks up and he strikes it really well, bottom right corner. He's quick with his thinking. He, th- he thinks quick. You know, he's scored some brilliant goals this season, but he's not just a goal scorer. He's not just a goal scorer, and he's been phenomenal. i will be very surprised if he doesn't play on Saturday. Very surprised. Him and Adi Bayo up front, maybe. Adi Bayo's not been firing on all cylinders this season. He's been doing. He's not been scoring, but he's been working real hard. So, uh, and he's although he did score in the FA Cup tie, obviously. But I, I would fancy Morris to start, and he's is a very very strong player if he's on form. I would genuinely expect him to score.
1: You're of form. He's been really good, especially under under new manager as well, Mark Edwards. Uh, all season though. That away form has been has been good, and it's a little bit of a worry because our own form is quite the opposite.
5: Well, I think you'll find that our home form is rubbish too. Uh, and in I think it's a direct mirror of each of of our home form is is the opposite of our away form. So we've we've won seven games away, and drawn I think three. And some of the results away have been phenomenally good. You know, we've won at Norwich. Under Rob Edwards, we've had a, a great run, you know, losing Nathan. So the last time we played in the league, Nathan was in charge. You know, we lost in that last 10 minutes of the game. And then fair play to Wigan for that. I was gutted, but fair play to them. But since Nathan's gone, I think the, the team feels refreshed when you're watching. It. it feels a lot more refreshing. It feels like we're, we're at a different pace again. So whether we got a bit stagnant with Nathan, I don't know but Rob Edwards has brought something to the team. Uh, I can't put my finger on what it is, but our away form this season has been excellent. And I wish if our home form had been the same, we'd be way up there. We've had some really good away performances and and, and some good trips away. It's been fun.
1: Thinking of uh, an away trip, how do you think it's going to go? What's your prediction for, for Saturday?
5: Right. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go for my own team, obviously, but I think it could be one of two things. I think we come up and Torre gets his first win because... You know, you can't go a whole season without winning. You just can't. And I'm hopefully that doesn't happen for us this weekend because we were debating whether or not we prefer to win in the FA Cup or the league. Now we've won in the FA Cup, I'm quite pleased. But if we'd have lost in the FA Cup, I would have preferred to take the three points. That's how I look at it. So I think it's going to be a, another tight game. I don't think anyone's going to run away with it. And I think first goal in will set the tone. That's how I look at it. So... I'm hopeful we can do it and if we put a stronger team out and Carter Morris is on it and you're saying Addie Bayo and then Clark and Campbell giving the giving the service, then I'm hopeful that we can we can just put it to bed fairly early and, and hopefully take a 2 0 out of that. But I'm gonna say also that if we can get on top, I don't know whether we'll be able to get it back like we did in the FA Cup. So I think that that's I think the opening goal for me is gonna be the one that, that sets the tone for the game and I just hope we get it first.
1: Thank you very much for joining us today and best of luck in the fourth round against Grimsby and uh, best of luck for the rest of the season. Thanks.
3: It was good listening to Dave then from the Oh When The Town podcast. He seems quietly confident that Luton are on a really good path and I think that they definitely are, especially with Rob Edwards. I'm a little bit envious because Rob Edwards was a manager that I would have loved us to, to come and get and he seems to be doing well over there as well. Luton seems to have a lot of players in that side who are sort of the the gems of the side who are pushing them on like I think you both spoke quite a lot there about Jordan Clark who captained for the first time in the FA Cup game they've obviously got Carlton Morris who's doing really well it really is all about turning them wins into uh, the draws into wins sorry for Luton and under under Rob Edwards they seem to be doing that really well over the season they got 10 wins 9 draws 7 losses and the 4 points off 3rd place and they've got a game in hand so I think they're definitely going to be a team that's sort of at the top I'm really hoping that we can give them a game and, and go and get another win against them because I think that that's going to be our turning point in the season. Like I just spoke about the, the Rotherham game against Blackburn maybe being their turn in the season. I got the fourth best away for with 23 points from 39. So that's a little bit of a worry for me. Outside of Carlton Morris and Jordan Clark being two two very key players. I mean, Carlton Morris has got 15 goal involvements in, in 26 games. Reese Burke is one that he came in in the FA Cup game. I think he's been out for a bit this season, but he seems to be a really big centre-back that is, is really doing them... A lot of justice. He's got 1.89 points per game, which is the highest in that Luton side. Got two goals and no assists from centre-back, but in nine games, that's, that's really impressive. So we're struggling a little bit, again, conceding from set pieces and not being ready for stopping the cross. So If we can sort that out, I'm hoping that we can get a win or a draw against Luton Town. Over Luton's last six games, it started off with a little draw against Rotherham. That was at Kenilworth Road. It was a 1-1 back on November the 12th, which was our last win was on that day as well against Blackpool. Since then, they lost against Middlesbrough. They lost 2-1. Then they went on a bit of a run where they won 2-1 against Norwich, 3-0 against QPR and then 2-1 against Huddersfield and most recently they lost 3-2 to West Brom in the league.
2: Right, let's have a ref watch. The referee on Saturday for the visit of to town will be Andy Warmer from Northamptonshire. He's 56 years old and he's been a Football League referee since 2004. Previously refereed the Latics. 14 times, and two of those have been this season, and they were the 2-1 defeat away at Hull, and the 1-1 draw with West Brom at the DW. His card watched so far this season, Andy Warmer has taken charge of 20 games, 10 of those have been in the Championship, he has issued 74 yellows, 3 reds, and he's just awarded the 1 penalty. That's Andy Warmer, who will be a referee for the visit of Luton Town to the DW on
4: Saturday So on to the previous Uh, you might be thinking actually that you're listening to an earlier podcast we seem to have had this on a number of occasions recently but Barry with his research has spiced it up a bit like he did last week we've met Luton 19 times with 6 wins apiece and 7 draws the last time we beat Luton at home in the league that was a 2-1 win in front of 6,500 118 fans. Jeff Winter was refereeing the game. The goal scorers were actually two legendary players who appeared on the special podcast during administration. And if you haven't listened to those already, go back and listen to them. They're both excellent. Andy Liddle and Pat McGibbon.
1: Looking ahead to Saturday, let's do some predictions. I'm going to go for a a 1-a-piece here. I don't think we'll get our first win.
2: We'll get a win somehow, and all will be forgotten from
0: last night. 1-0. I think we're going to win this 7-0. Portsmouth going to go for a a defeat, and I think it's going to be 3-1.
3: I'm going full optimism. I'm going to say that we're going to win 3 1. That's what we want a
1: little bit of positivity on the Progressive Unity podcast. We'll be back on Sunday with all the reaction to the second Luton game in the space of four days. Until Sunday, up the ticks and come on. Up the ticks. Come on.